1: And welcome to another episode of Pod Maverick After Dark. I am Kirk Henderson, editor in chief over at Mavs Moneyball, and I am joined by my co editor and longtime co host, Josh Bo. What's going on, man?
2: Early games, early games, early games. This is just such dad core. It's seven o'clock. Yeah. This is awesome. Sorry is that real. it was a bad Mavs game, but this is really
1: well. <laughs> so it's funny, the four o'clock start time, I cannot remember another four o'clock start time. Did they start? I feel like they had another early Sunday. They do game. a lot of mid-afternoon ones, but it's usually one to two. Ford yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I like, don't know
2: what was going on in Indiana today. Maybe Indiana very well.
1: Well, Indiana. There was a concert. Do you know, know that? Would you believe that Indiana is in the East Coast time zone? Wait, really? Really? Look it up on a map. It is. A, I should know that. Is, no, no. The only real... reason I know this is because I've driven across the country like four times. And your clock switches over, you know, and your phone switches over mm-hmm. when you hit, and it's like I remember being in Indiana, and being like, "What the fuck? It is nine thirty, and it is light outside, and we're going to <laughs> like PM."
2: I'm just saying I should know this because my real-life jobs headquarters is in Indianapolis. So,
1: <laughs> like, half
2: the people I talk to during the day are in Indianapolis. So that's pretty funny.
1: Well, it's it's do. just – it's very weird. It's a weird state. Yeah. Um, <laughs> shout, shout out to French Lick and, and the home of of, of Larry Bird and the, the All-Star game this year. Well, the Dallas Mavericks went there on a, a Sunday afternoon game and proceeded to just get – they hung around for most of the game, hung around, hung around. You know, they, they'd make some good plays, make some really horrendous, life-alteringly maddening plays, <laughs> uh, and then they'd be right back in. It It was a real yo-yo game after the first quarter. Um, Luka Doncic looked to be the only one who was awake for a significant stretch of this game, uh, which is kind of a bit of a role reversal, quite candidly. Like there's Usually when the Mavericks have bad games, it's because Luka's having an off game and other people are playing pretty good and they just can't keep up. And this game sort of went that way on and off is a very odd and kind of frustrating game to watch. Um, Fourth quarter started with Kyrie five of 15 from the floor. I tweeted out something sassy, like, Hey, this would be a great time for Kyrie Irving to find a shot. And he made, I think his first four baskets Mm -hmm. pulled the Mavericks within four Rick Carlisle master of timeout uh, uh, momentum murder um, calls the timeout. I'm pretty sure it's one Oh four, 100 with Indiana leading, they connect on two straight threes coming out of the of the timeout and the game was effectively over at that point. They just they proceeded to uh they proceeded to run the Mavericks off the court as they just bombarded from beyond the arc.
2: Yeah, uh it was it was coming. Indiana entered the third quarter and they're a good three-point shooting team. They entered the third quarter 8 of 26 from 3, that's yep. 30%. They finished 14 of 36. So they shot 6 of 10 from 3 in the fourth quarter. Um that was basically I was kind of like when the third quarter ended I was like if the I was kind of like I think the Mavericks can win but the Pacers are going to have to keep shooting sure. blanks uh from beyond the three-point arc and that did not happen. So three-point var- sh- shot variance uh reared its ugly head in the fourth quarter for sure. But there's much deeper things we can
1: Yeah, yeah, there were three or four points in this game where it felt like the Mavericks had opportunities to take control and they simply didn't um it after a seven game win streak it's it's a little bit frustrating to see them go out on a bit of a dud but again seven game win streak where there's a lot of good basketball played one of the things that was kind of pointed out to me in the youtube comments on this where it was like you guys were pretty grumpy for a win uh following the pacers game and really they specifically met me just because of some of the complaints that i had about the game um the, the phoenix game that is and and this game was one where I didn't find myself too frustrated, if only because the things which led to the loss were very clear cut. And for a couple of role players who play, like there were multiple Dallas role players. So you're non Kyrie Irving, non Luka Doncic players who really played horrendous stretches of basketball in this game.
2: Yeah. Funny enough. Um, the box score does not look that dissimilar uh, from the Suns win in terms of it was another Luca Kyrie show. uh, But unfortunately, the other things that don't always show up in the box score uh, killed them. Turnovers were the big thing. Um, That's what lost them this game. They had 10 turnovers against the Suns. Um, they had where they had 16 turnovers against
1: the Pacers. I mean, and well, and and who had half of those turnovers is really where the loss lies.
2: Yes, they eight of the 16, uh, I believe they had 15 individual turnovers, and the 16 was a team turnover at the end of the game. So, so really true turnovers, it was 15 to 12. So, if if the Mavericks lose the turnover battle by three, that's pretty bad because that's kind of one of their ace in the holes. uh, They always win the turnover battle every single game. Even when they, like, lose, they usually have less turnovers. Um, but, yeah, like you said, where they were concentrated, eight of the 15 were P.J. Washington and Tim Hardaway Jr., which yep. is just – you just can't have that. You Those guys losing the ball when they're not necessarily creating offense or creating offense for others, you know, they're play finishers not play starters when your play finishers are turning the ball over a lot that's that's just bad that's bad because you're gonna get some turnovers from luca you're gonna get some, some yep. like that's just baked in like green's probably gonna have some too because those guys try to create and do things with the ball with washington and tim hardaway jr you those guys should be touching the ball in situations where they are getting up good shots for the most part um and combined, not only did they combine for eight turnovers, uh, they shot five of eighteen from the floor. Um, so, a disastrous performance by both of those guys. Um,
1: Which guy do you want to start with? Because, again, like I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to take some the blood of the feet, is
2: but- for t- for Hardaway, like that's well, I'm trying Mads to take
1: is. some of the feedback that we get on the show seriously because again, I appreciate our, our fans. I appreciate the people. You know, we had one guy who left like three different frustrated comments with us, and I and and you know, I I know it's 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 always challenging. You don't want to read too deep into any of the comments, but I also think that when it comes to, like customer service, sometimes your comments and the things you hear, you don't hear from the other ninety percent of the people, and so I don't want to be too negative because again, it's one loss after a seven game road street, oh, yeah, roadie, yeah. but they're Uh, let's sort of let's talk about pj first and then we can kind of come back to tim after the break um for me pj simply can't do what he did tonight in in terms of if you're going to be he was not very good on defense a and so if you're not very good on defense and you are only i mean it's one of six from the floor right yep oh three from three so he started off the game with a pick and roll from Luke, or his first and only make was a, a really nice uh pick he's, and roll floater that he hit from about eight feet. He's good at um, floaters. And then the other shots that he got were open threes, which he missed. So you know, if you haven't shot a basketball in a while, guys, go stand on the side and take a shot from the side. If you're missing off the front of the rim, your shot sucks. Okay, he missed, I want to say, three off the front of the rim, which in terms of fast break, like that essentially kickstarts a fast break because the yeah, ball's missed. going long. You're all the way in the corner as a shooter, so you got 94 feet to run. And a lot of his shots were just awful looking. And yeah,
2: miss corner three is probably the worst type of miss shot you can have in terms of giving he's up. He's gonna
1: have time. to hit these shots if the Mavericks are going to go anywhere. In closer games. Um, it hasn't bit them so far because Luca and Kyrie and other players have played pretty well, but he's got to keep defenses honest. And I am having like from a like a basketball mechanics thing, and again, this is ridiculous because these are NBA players, and like my like experience working with my seven-year-old is not really comparable, but I've been like trying to work with him with his shot, and it's very like Missing closer shots and hitting farther away shots for someone who was a bad shooter when I played, meaning me, is like baffling to me. So watching PJ hit these above the break, dribble up threes like he did against, I think he hit two against Phoenix, and then miss these wide open corner, just catch in the pocket, shoot three pointers is very frustrating to see. I, I There's no other, like there's there's simply nothing to be done about it other than to say he must hit these shots.
2: Yeah, when we first talked about the trade and when I wrote my piece about the trade deadline, I remember including a very specific part about how he was shooting poorly and that was being brought up as why that was a bad trade for the Mavericks was how poorly he'd been shooting this season and how kind of inconsistent he'd been with his three in his career. And I tried to counter that with I didn't think his three point shooting mattered as much as the other stuff, presumably the pump and go drive and kick game that he had. Not necessarily drive and kick, but just drive, like just being able to attack closeouts, which is uh-huh. something that this Mavericks team in the Luka era, just their role players, just haven't been able to do that for almost the entirety of the Luka era. So, just having someone that can attack a closeout, score maybe a floater in the paint, get to the rim, maybe pass the pass to the weak side to keep the offense going, matters because I felt like NBA defenses are getting too good with just letting these three and D shooters. shoot open threes like they're just like we're gonna take that away from you because we don't think you can we you don't we don't think you can hurt us when we take away your open threes yeah so i still think that matters and i still believe in that but my like the way I couched it was like he still needs to make some threes. Like yes. he still needs to to shoot a little bit. Um, like he still needs to be like a 34% shooter from three or
1: thirty-five. Like he right, just, he was all three today. He needed yeah. to hit one of the ones he took. Yes.
2: He just he cannot be a sub thirty percent three-point shooter. He can't because then then we're getting to the point where defenses don't even let him attack nope. a closeout because they're not closing out to him. And then right. that – really like that's what's happening to derrick jones jr um yep. if you've noticed he's kind of come back down to earth because teams are like oh he's not hitting all of his threes against us why are we even letting him drive to the basket we're just they're gonna let him shoot and that's kind of what they've been doing if you've noticed derrick jones jr has basically just stopped scoring points over the last like three weeks um so yeah he he has to hit threes he is what is he in his time since he's been traded to Dallas? He is four of 21 from three uh, in five games. That is not good. He is shooting under 20% from three for the month of February, which is shot quality. Like that's something we don't,
1: we don't have access to shot quality. I may ask someone who who gets like, who who sees the second spectrum data. Because I I wouldn't be shocked if on his made threes he has been wide open on half. So
2: yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's not shooting well from the corners. He's not shooting well on catch and shoots. And again, I, I think they can get around. Like I don't think he needs to be elite at that. I don't even think he needs to be great or even good. Got to keep you honest. Average. Yeah, you just got to yeah. be average, and, and yeah. he's. He's so far below average that that you can't, you just can't live like that. You just can't. Yeah. He is shooting thirty three. I think this is before today's game. He's shooting thirty three percent on catch and shoot threes. Like that's just sure. that's horrible. <laughs> yeah. That's not good. This is that's this below is a average,
1: So I just told myself I wasn't going to read the comments as much during the video, but this one made me laugh. PJ Singh says PJ is a bust. Or sorry, <laughs> Prince Singh says PJ is a bust. I don't know a single Hornets fan that is sad to see him go. Prince, I don't know a single Hornets fan. So congratulations to you for a wide variety of friend fandom. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we'll be... uh, Give me just a second here. So, you know, in a loss, we tend to get much fewer viewers, listeners, etc. There's only 160 people in here. But if you could do me a favor while you are watching the show, if you could go ahead and hit the like on the stream, Josh and I would appreciate that. Leave a comment to the video once it's posted. Those of you here on the live show, those of you listening, if you could subscribe... Uh, if you're coming to the podcast through the Mavs Moneyball website, subscribe. We do one of these shows after every game. And at this point in the season, I'm trying to do uh, the secondary live show almost after every game. We're going to do one tonight. It will be a group therapy uh, for those of you who want to get your takes off. Those of you who are mad, it's much more productive to come on this show and yell than to type into the void and to get into internet arguments with folks like my friend Matt Moore. Um... All right. If you would uh, then watch or uh, listen to these these ads that are going to be inserted for everyone who except international fans, Josh and I will be right back.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
3: are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.
1: Wasn't that a great break at the, about the 14-minute mark? Okay, so the Tim Hardaway of it all. I have been thinking about Tim almost nonstop since the Suns game, because I was just so surprised at some of the intensity of which, and granted, everybody watches the game differently, but that's what's really fun about doing these live shows, is you see people, we all watch the same thing, and then often you'll take away very different items. And a lot of people didn't understand, at least during the previous live show, were very like hung up on me being confused about kid playing um about kid playing hard away and this is during the win streak Tim has been horrid and he once again this is the first game where it really bit them in the ass and he just continues to get a lot of run and I I mean 20 23 minutes four or twelve shootings three of six from three which meant he took Six two-pointers. Which is usually not good. That's not not good good for him. him, It had had the four turnovers. And I just, you know, one uh, one of my friends on Twitter is basically like, you and Josh always talk about his gravity. And it's like, well, we talk about it in the sense of we think he's important to the team when he's hitting. But we are also honest enough now to talk about with the team that they have. You know, if you have Hardy, who's able to hit some threes. Josh Green, who's able to hit some threes. On these real clear catch and shoot threes, not necessarily your live grenades. Kids got to pull, kids got to tighten, tighten the, the, the rope that he gives the guy. Like, you, you just can't keep playing him like this. I mean, Tim goes in, bad things happen.
2: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Funny enough, someone right before we started recording called me a homer for my Tim Hardaway Jr. takes on Twitter, and I thought that was pretty funny because I was like, can you tell other people that? That would help me out in a lot of tough situations. But, uh, yeah, he's been bad, uh, and I know everyone is out for blood, and I'm not going to try to sit here and and have that conversation again. We're talking about his gravity because they lost. They lost by 20. Um, They looked bad when he was on the floor. He made four shots. He had four turnovers for a player like him, who again is a play finisher, not a play starter. That's egregious. Like he just, you cannot turn the ball over that many times. And while you're also missing eight out of your 12 shots, um, he's shooting under, he's shooting about 32% from three in the month of February. He's shooting like 35% overall. Um, he's averaging about 10 points a game. Like he's been bad. Um, and I, I, the funny part is, like, me and you have never, you know, when we talk about Tim's value to the team, it's always been his volume three-point shooting. Yep. Like, me and you have been on the same page that he is one of the, like, the most harmful defenders on the team. Yeah. Uh, and he's been like that since he's been here. Like, he he occasionally gives some good effort in some one-on-one situations, but as a, like, as a co- team defender, like, working within a team concept and making rotations. He manages to make the wrong scheme,
1: choice almost every time.
2: <laughs> he is – Watch Tim Hardaway Jr. off ball on defense. It is not pretty. Uh, if he's
1: not taking a charge, he is he like, is not doing a lot. If there off. was a thought bubble above his head, it would be going "fuck, fuck, 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 fuck." Yeah, because he just he his timing's usually off. He's either delayed a step, or he goes the wrong place, or he ends up kind of like like because he, he ended up on on the Pacers' best player a lot when he was on the floor tonight. You think that was by design? Oh uh, yeah. Know, Rick Carlisle, I mean, that was yeah. Rick Rick Carlisle, you know, micro targeting. Yeah. Uh, um, Timmy.
2: There was a funny possession in the, uh, I think it was the first half. And I saw Kyrie Irving was guarding, uh, Matherin and Matherin is a very young, talented scorer. And I was like, why are you putting Kyrie on him? And then he made a pass to the corner to, uh, Nimhard mm-hmm. who was wide open. And Tim is standing like, 20 feet away and Tim was going nimbar and I was like, Oh, I guess that's why. Cause you don't want Tim. Like you don't want Tim on Mather, and the Mavericks are getting into these situations where, you know, Tim is playing a lot of minutes with either Kyrie or Luca or, or all three of them are playing a lot together. And it's just, when Tim's making threes, you can get away with that. But if he is not making shots, the minutes he plays next to the two stars, like his bad defense just compounds upon itself yep. because even with Luca's better effort and with whenever Kyrie you know chip you know whatever you want to say about Kyrie's defense like having all three of those guys on the floor at the same time if you are not out shooting and out scoring the other team there's going to be some problems And I think yes. you saw that in the second half and in the fourth quarter like he's just you know there's people that are smarter than me about this stuff that tell me that Tim is not that toxic of a defender and he's at best you know like an average defender and no he's not I just don't I don't see it. So, like when I defend Tim, it's the volume three point shooting. Like the defense no, it, is bad. I don't it was, like
1: it. Was there was a comment? Granted, it's like three weeks old, and I I'm not. This is not a slight or an argument. But sometimes I read through other Dallas media folks uh, mentions sometimes. And I was watching um, the ticket. Uh, the tickets Bob Sturm debating with somebody about Tim's Hardaway's defense, and he said, "Well, NBA people have told me that he's average. He's just fine." And folks are arguing back and and i sent that to to uh a couple of different people that i know that do this for a living you know basically cover the nba analyze we're just you know um we're just uh uh, you know doing multiple like different things as we try to watch these games and (laughs) the person said back to me that's just proof you can get nba people to tell you anything which made me laugh um tim tim tries hard so that, yeah, the the thing about Tim is, like, is not the point at, yeah. a, at a certain point. There
2: there are two types of bad defenders: ones that choose not to defend, and ones that don't know how to defend. And I think
1: Tim is the latter.
2: Yes, uh, which is a little like because I don't know how you fix that. Like he's been in the no. league long enough to know better about this stuff. So yeah. you know that's not good. Uh, and and the Mavericks had I got the Mavericks had 15 assists and 15 turnovers. When Let's was the last ahead. time? this team did not have more assists than turnovers.
1: Pacers right. had 38 assists in, in yeah. case you were curious. Um shout out uh, shout out to, to my man Henry. Uh, he he sent us a $5 donation. Um, oh, he, he wow, awesome. I, I don't know if you saw that in there. Uh, he said THJ needs to play in Bangladesh kid needs to be buried under the American Airlines center. It Doesn't matter how much we improve this roster, we still get out coached. Um that was a pretty funny comment. Uh, I I like the one, uh, Henry comes in the live show sometimes too. So thank you. Henry. Oh, it's very fun. kind of you. Um, you know, but the, you know, beyond those two players, you kind of go through everything else. There was a lot of, of, there's a lot of things that happened tonight that were very different. Um, friend of the show, Bobby Corralis said that, uh, what did he, where's my cell phone? He basically told me that, that kids switched, uh, or, uh, Carlisle basically willingly switched people onto Luca and Kyrie all night long. Um, yeah, there was not
2: a lot for them in the pick and roll, mm-hmm. right. and they and were that letting really, those guys score.
1: Yeah, and that really seemed to to jank up the offense to a degree. I mean, this was this was, I think, collectively in in the last several weeks, Derek Lively and uh, Daniel Gafford's like worst combined output. They had twelve points and eight rebounds between them. Uh, Lively did have four steals, which which was interesting. Um, Gafford, of course, uh, he got credited with one late block, but they they were effectively neutered, and it was very painful watching uh Miles Turner, uh um, local product who went to your high school, scored how many 32. How many points a man have? 33 points. Good lord. Season high. And, I believe <sighs> he was, let's see here, he he hit eight two point shots. Yes. like that's that's just you, you you're gonna lose. He was you three get, of three from mid-range. He wasn't that good from three. Like It no. felt like he killed people from three. two of seven from three.
2: No, he made a lot of mid-range. He made, like, I called it to our friend Austin. We were talking about it before we started recording. I called him, like, pop-a-shot mid-range jumpers. Like, they were so open, like, those little free-throw. And, you know, he's yep. a big guy with long arms. So, like, when he shot those little free-throw line jumpers it really did look like he was shooting like a pop shot ball because it was just so easy and effortless. So like anytime he set a screen and kind of rolled, but didn't roll all the way and kind of stopped right around the free throw line, uh, there was no, there was no one there, uh, no one there to guard him. So uh, they, they executed their pick and roll game uh, to a T. Yeah. The lively thing's interesting. There's kind of two things with lively. I don't know which one to talk about uh first but defensively you know this is kind of a pattern for him against teams that have bigs that can shoot his defensive impact
1: just isn't the same uh he did have four
2: steals tonight which was nice he started
1: challenging shots better in the second half Yeah, he uh, during in transition he would do the classic this is what you're taught from the time you're eight years old on when you're the biggest kid on the team, run to you the run paint. your butt back and you get in front of the rim. Yeah. And there were two different times when he's doing that. And Miles Turner just stops at the three point line and yeah. chips the three point. And he was like, Oh, he did a much better job of, of getting back on defense and then getting out to the three point line when he played in the second half. But ultimately it just, it just didn't matter.
2: Yeah. And, uh, and the other thing, and so we'll see, like, that's not, That's one of those things where it's like, it's a thing, but he just turned 20 and he did not guard miles Turner types in college. no, Uh, or ever. Yes. He's just going to get used to that with more time. And I think he's got quick enough feet that like, he might not be someone you always want to guard stretch bigs like all the time, but he will get better at that as time goes on and he gets more reps. The other thing with lively is this is now his third straight game under double figure scoring. Um, second straight game where he's only taken three shot attempts. Uh, I've got, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about it. Do you see something offensively where do you feel like teams are kind of like, okay, we're kind of tired of these lively like easy lobs and and, and dunks and the pick and roll with Luca. Like it feels like there's been a shift from opposing defenses that are like, I don't care if Luca scores a little runner in the lane, like, no more lively lobs like no more lively. i think
1: there's something to that like there's a, a gentleman in the chat just uh just talked about how he thinks luca needs to distribute the ball more um and get people involved earlier which i always think is a is a a uh discussion worth having but if luca's getting these close shots it's they're daring like luca's i argue with people about this all the time luca's first instinct is to pass the ball he can score at will He's 35 points a game. He's leading the NBA in scoring, but I'm telling you, he wants to make the highlight pass, but he will take the shot if it's there, obviously. And I think there's, there's something to this, you know, uh, um, about what they're doing early in games. I mean, I, I'm reading in the comments that Jason Kidd said in post game that they need to get Kyrie Irving. Like he needs to have the ball earlier more. Okay, fine. Like, the, the Mavericks do maybe need to mix it up a little bit with, with some of their attack. But, you know, the, the problem is when you win seven games in a row, when you score 35 points a game, you're you're going to be loath to try something new because why would you try something new when it works? And so I, I, I think that there's something to what you're saying about that the, they're limiting these pick-and-roll opportunities a little bit more. Um, yeah, like... I think-
2: I don't disagree that he needs like everyone wants to see Luca pass to his teammates and get them involved, but like today, like I don't like. Well, is he supposed to pass to people that aren't open? Like
1: <laughs> I or just that, or, or 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 that frankly, like you know, there was a life. lineup at one point where kid had Luca, Tim, uh, Derek Jones Jr. I'm pretty sure it's was PJ Washington and. um maxi on the floor the only person other than luca who will take an open shot like kind of willingly was Hardaway, and so it's 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 these sort of things you know when you when you when you lose a game you want to overanalyze everything i do that lord knows and and uh, kid was just really reaching because nothing was working their pick and roll coverage was garbage um across the board i swear to christ i i love josh green he played a pretty good game today but someone Panda Hank needs to make a super cut of that guy hitting a screen. It just, <laughs> he just dies on high screen and rolls. He cannot get over them. It is. It, it's really, it's really frustrating. I know. It's really uh, frustrating.
2: Un- he can't, but uh, I, the one thing I'll say, cause I know people get mad, but I'll just counter that with saying, at least he is doing something on the other end of the floor. To at least mitigate it, because that's been a thing all season. Because earlier in the season, he was scoring like, you know, what, 14 points across four games. And also having that issue with screen navigation. Now, like, I mean, he is a very confident offensive player now. I mean, He's mm-hmm. been pretty awesome for about, yep. since January, uh, since about like the first week of January till now. Uh, he's been shooting, I mean, he's shooting 50, 56 and 50... 56-50-93 in the month of February, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is pretty crazy. But not to, you know, I agree with you. His screen navigation, like he, that's got to be his it's, summer. It's, just, it's like, a, it's a, a, a specific
1: complaint yeah. related to their defense, not so much about how his play as a whole, but you get killed on that first screen. You know, you were just talking about, oh, well, what are defenses doing differently to where Luca is not able to get downhill and throw this easy lob? Like, Luca, and granted, some of this might be on Luca because of how he's using the screens. But it's like, you ne- rarely do defenders ever die on screens like that. When, when Luca has the ball, I just, I never see it in comparison to what I see Josh do, where he just is like right into a screen. And then is like, where did that come from? Yeah, I, it's, it, it is what it is. I mean, green, green mostly played a very good game. It's just the downhill effects of getting hung up on a screen like he does. And like Hardaway does is really bad to the defense.
2: Yeah, yeah, because it just—you don't want to rotate when you don't need to rotate. <laughs> like, like rotations are not great uh, when you got because you know you're basically playing what four on. or well, you go. I mean, you go five. through it. It's like, yeah.
1: like who else you just can't do, cover everyone? Like Gafford can't really guard in space. Okay, He's no. a bad defensive right game today. <laughs> right, so it's like the whole things went downhill so quickly, and they just didn't have any answer, and. The answer was to try different lineups involving Maxi and some of their defensive players, but then their offense was crap. It, yeah, it, I mean, it Maxie really played silly.
2: 25 minutes, so, like, I don't think anyone, you know, probably the the minutes, if you're looking at minutes, probably would have given Lively more than 14 because I think he was starting to figure some things out. And then, yeah, Timmy playing 23 is, is hard on a night where he's not giving you anything on offense. Um, and you combine that with P.J. playing 31 – his defense was okay. Like Siakam didn't have a great. He was guarding Siakam for most of the day, and, and Siakam was fine. Not like amazing, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was just. Yeah, it it was a tough. It was just a tough game all the way around. It it really felt like kind of Luca and Kyrie like fighting against the tide, the rising well, that, tide. Right. And, you know, and they just didn't. Outside of green, they just had not. They just n- nothing. Just n- yeah. no one had really anything.
1: Um, well, I, I wouldn't be shocked if we were to go look at the Pacers' record against the Mavericks since Carlisle left, and it's probably pretty good. Um, he's just he's good watched, in these game situations. I mean, look at the Mavericks getting up on on the Clippers several years ago. Like they're just Rick Carlisle is an outstanding basketball coach. Um, is what it is. I don't know. I'm I'm not. This road trip is going to be very, you know. All right, so so the Mavericks come out from All Star break. This is you know bigger picture talk, and then we'll go for the night. The Mavericks yeah. come out from All Star break and they beat the Suns in a game where there were just enough pivot points that the Mavericks crushed the Suns. It really felt like the Ma- in hindsight, the Mavericks beat the crap out of out of Phoenix, but. There were points in that game where the Suns rallied back only for the, you know, the Mavericks to, to kind of step on them. And so when you have two more days of, of you know, no Mavericks playing, there's been kind of a, a significant uh, discussion about Luka Doncic and the hunt for the MVP, uh, as well as the Mavericks making a play for four, five, or six seed um, out, out, you know, basically higher than they are right now. Uh, which they might have slipped back to seventh. I've not looked since since they lost, but I'm, I'm pretty sure they're still ahead of Phoenix because Phoenix has played one more game. Um, it's, it's very frustrating because I just sort of want to take this season as it is. And my goals for the season, my goals as a fan were always, I hope the Mavericks make the playoffs and I hope they can maybe make it to the second round. But when Lucas scores 35 points, <laughs> grabs like nine rebounds and nine assists, it starts to change the math. And and a lot of, you know, Tim Legler has become like the biggest Luka Doncic fan. And as a result of that, I think our fan base has really jumped onto the notion that Luka needs to be in the top three of the MVP discussion just because of, you know, if you look at, you know, past um Past MVPs, notably Jokic in 2021 or 2020 2021, and then uh, Russell Westbrook, and I think it was 2016. Um, there's just a strong, there's an interesting strong case for it, uh, despite the fact that the Mavericks are lower in seating. And then you add in the fact that the Mavericks have had so many starters miss games that it a lot of Dallas fans don't think Luke is getting a, a fair shake in this discussion. I sort of waffle on it, not because I don't care. Like I would love it if Luca would win MVP. Like that would, frankly, just be great for us. Because it would be really good for us. It, really yeah. good for us. Like it. it you get also. That's why it's cats.
2: always funny when people get mad at us if we talk bad about the right. team. Right. Like when, when the Mavericks
1: back, win, it's good for us. Yes, they need to win.
2: We want to stick around. They need to win.
1: Yeah, and and I just I I, I sort of settled, and I wanted to get your take on this before we go. I've sort of settled <laughs> okay. on the fact that. One, I want everybody that's having these conversations to really understand that our conversations as fans and to a certain extent media simply do not influence the vote whatsoever. It is Luca's play and it is wins and losses. I want to know your your sort of thoughts on him in the MVP race as well as what do you think is a realistic outcome with these 25 games to go? Yeah, so I thought
2: before the seven game win streak, I thought he was pretty much on the outside looking in in terms of even being maybe... Maybe being like fifth, um, I thought his individual – I mean, his individual production, frankly, since his second season has been good enough to be MVP. It's just historically – and this is kind of unique to the NBA in a way. I think NFL maybe is a little bit like this too. But in baseball, MLB, like MVP almost always just goes to like the best player. um, Even if it's uh, on a team that misses the playoffs. But – NBA MVP has historically always gone to a guy that's on the top four team in either conference, usually top three team in either conference. It's like best player on best team or one of the five best teams. uh, Usually that's usually how it goes. And of course there's Westbrook's triple double season, which was, which was big because that was, he was the first player to average a triple double since uh, Oscar Robinson, like for a very long time. So that was a very historic season. And then Jokic uh, on the six seeded nuggets um, because you know, his whole team died and he, he Had a really, really, really good season. Um, obviously Lucas had a really good season as well. You know, Shakespeare's Alexander's been really good. Jokic is still really good too. Like he's still playing like the best basketball player on the planet. Like Giannis has been quietly like averaging 30 plus on six like six, like sixty percent shooting. Like he's basically like new age Shaq. Um, so there's a lot of good players now, so it's tough. But with Luca, I think the seven-game win streak, uh Got him in back into that maybe top three. But again, all this is like, does it matter if he's like, only one person wins? Like, how much do you care if he's third versus fourth or second versus fifth? Like, that part always seems a little silly to me. Like, it should be about who wins. Um, that's the part you should care about. And I and I know now people think that you should just win outright. And I don't really blame people for thinking that because he's having a ridiculous season. He's probably going to finish as a leading scorer in the NBA um, and he's doing it on really good efficiency, and he's doing it uh, as almost averaging a triple-double. Like, you know, he's he's awesome. Um, they need to get into that four or five range, I think, for him to legitimately have a case and kind of stem the tide. And when you consider how good all the other players are, like if this was just a weaker season, you know, he would probably be running away with it. But there's just a lot of good teams, and there's a lot of good players. Like, it's just really tough. Like, but Sean
1: Gilles Alexander has been amazing. And fans yeah, don't want to hear that. He has been sorry, yeah.
2: Like, I think you know, if you put a, put a gun to my head and was like, Who would you rather have on your basketball team right now, Luca or Shay? I would say Luca, but that like Shay has been a two way force on a team that's might win the Western Conference. Like, that's kind of the profile for MVP. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Uh, the big thing with MVP with Luca though, and I think this is what's causing people because it, it feels like it's getting a little nuttier about this, and people are really emotional about it, yeah. And I think the thing that's driving everyone a little bat, uh, batty is that Luca. if you look historically, most of the greatest players of all time, when they won MVP, they did it when they were either 24 or 25. I think yeah. LeBron, MJ won it when they were 24. Uh, Steph won it when he was...
1: Older. Steph didn't come to the league since he was older.
2: Yeah, Giannis won it when he was 24, but, but no one wins it before that usually. Um, and I think what's crazy, and Luca is 24. He turns 25 in about three days. So historically, timeline-wise, like he has not been shafted for the award. If you're just looking at great players at his age, what gets really fuzzy about all this is also just at age 20, no one was as good as as Luca Doncic. But no one, 21 year olds don't win MVP. No. But also, twenty-one-year-olds don't play as good as Luca has. And they don't. It, they
1: don't sit at the top of the fan. Yeah. Like you know, yeah. odds are determined basically on the money that's coming in. Yeah, and he's been at the top of the MVP voting since the uh, to start the season. Not voting. Um, odds because people want him to win it.
2: Yeah, he's been All NBA first team four out of his first five seasons, and like only two or three other players have done that ever. Like Luca is just an extraordinary outlier in terms of his production, how quickly he's been producing uh, and putting up these crazy numbers. So, in one way, it kind of feels like because Luca has been doing this now for five seasons, he almost feels like a 10 year, like it feels like he's been in the league forever because yep. guys that usually produce at this level. Don't start doing this until they're 26, 27,
1: 28. No, I saw like Like, one of those weird Facebook. I I get all sorts of like fan posts suggested to me in my Facebook algorithm just because of what I look up on the internet. And Lucas, some of the milestones he's crossed, like he crossed one that at at the current point in the career the only two other players had had similar stats is like Oscar Robertson and LeBron James. Like there's yeah. just no other pl- like Luka is sitting here doing stuff that hasn't been done before. Jokic came on a little bit later, but Jokic will also probably have a shorter career cuz Lord knows the man might not want to play basketball. Like Luka's going to be if Luka decides to play long enough, which I don't think he will. Uh, he he has the opportunity to really challenge some some of the record book stuff that I didn't think anybody would come close to just as because a, of player longevity it's it's not what it yeah. guys might play for 18 years now but if you only play 55 games a year you're not gonna do the shit that Dirk Nowitzki and LeBron James did
2: yeah for sure but all and like Lucas as a 20 year old his second season he averaged 28.8 points. 9.4 rebounds, 8.8 assists. And That's he's basically, not a thing. Yeah, like, LeBron didn't do that. Like, Michael Jordan didn't do that. Like, yeah. it's – and I think people are, like, looking at the stretch basically since his second season to now, and they're like, this is not only amazing stretch of, like, five seasons. This is, like, maybe, like, the five bet – like, like no one's had a five season stretch almost like this, like in the history of the NBA and he's doing it from age 20 to 25. And you're like, how is he not one MVP yet? And then again, 24 about to turn 25. Right. So it, it becomes this tug of war where it's like, objectively, he has so much more time. You know, he's got at least five, six years that you can consider like elite all NBA prime minimum. Like he could have it longer with, depending on how his game ages and his body ages. And so it's like, I, I just don't feel like it's unfair that he hasn't won MVP yet. No. On the other hand, I don't blame Mavs fans or Luka fans for, for going nuts for looking at what he does year after year after year and be like, well, what what's it going to take? Right.
1: This will be his fifth straight year making first team All-NBA. <laughs>
2: And and it being pretty conclusive too, like not a lot of of questions. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So like, I get it. Like it's,
2: I get both sides of it not to try to take the middle end of it, but the answer is what's it going to take is the Mavericks. They have to finish top three or top four. If, if, if this team can somehow get into the top four, he will win MVP. I will stake everything I own in my life that if this team is top four in the West, that he will win MVP this season. And if it doesn't happen, maybe it happens next season because maybe they can finally get off to a good start with a roster that seems to kind of fit and do some things despite the fact that they lost this game you know they still look like a better
1: team over the right. last uh, month so right so we'll see hey. like I,
2: it's it's just weird
1: it's it, We've no, never seen a player into, like Luca. Really, then you run into like comments like this: Dallas is doing a serious job to destroy Luca's career if they don't start winning. I'm like my 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 brother in Christ. They are above 500, and then the playoff race. They have made the playoffs every year but Luca's first year, and then last year where everybody and their uncle was hurt. They thought JaVale McGee was a solution. Like this is the sort of stuff that 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 I see everywhere, and I do I see it everywhere because frankly, most NBA fans don't watch the games they don't do what we do night in and night out they watch highlights they watch little bits of stuff and then they can't figure out how any and they listen to stuff and and the discussion kind of gets perpetually more insane like i I always say this and i will continue to say it luca is a first ballot basketball hall of famer if he gets thanos snapped right now that he was if he got thanos snapped before he even entered the NBA. (laughs) He might have been, yeah. yeah.
2: Basketball Hall of Fame, yeah. Basketball
1: hall of fame. hall of fame, um, and yeah. and you go to It's like I, I, I was, this is a side discussion, but I was having a discussion with people. It's like, well, Wemby's a winner. He's a winner, and it's like the Spurs well, Like the Spurs stink, and go to Wemby's Wikipedia page. What the hell is that man won? He jumps from team to team to help his own development. He doesn't win shit. Doesn't mean he won't. But that's like, okay, because yeah, you know. Like That's Luca, the whole point it, is it's okay. <laughs> Luke such a – dis. it's, like, disturbing how decorated he is as a player. And a lot of NBA and American fans don't particularly care about those sorts of, like, overseas things, but I'm sorry. But the Dallas-Fort Worth area has a bigger population than Slovenia, and he took them to the, the Olympic uh, – uh, the game before the finals. They won the uh, 2015 – I'm sorry, 2017 um, – Euro, was it Euro Cup? Euro Basket the, or whatever. Euro Basket. Yeah. Like these things are monumental achievements at a basketball level. Like it's so, so when I, part of why I get sort of like, I don't really care whether Luca wins MVP is because number one, I think he'll win it one day anyways, because it's like, you know, if we're yeah. candid, the 2007 MVP that Dirk won, he had the exact same numbers as the year before, he had the exact same number the years after. His team won 67 games. They That's won 67 won. games. And and like, that was the year Kobe Bryant was going scorched earth, like in, in a slower paced era was scoring a bajillion points. And it's like, it's not that I'm, I, I don't want to take away Dirk's MVP. I'm just saying sometimes compared to football, like in, in the NFL, they would have to rename the MVP, the Patrick Mahomes trophy only they can't give it to Patrick Mahomes every year, so they're going to give it to somebody else. That's just the way these things go sometimes. At least this year, the MVP race is genuinely fascinating because with 25 games to go and and Embiid and getting knocked out, I think you could make a convincing case for four different guys. I really do. I mean, a lot of Maz fans are like poo-pooing Kawhi Leonard's numbers. That oh man God, is a dude. death machine. <laughs> So if just,
2: you're poo-pooing Kawhi's numbers, uh, I hope the Mavericks do not face the Clippers again in the first
1: round. No, no, I don't know, want though, no, It would be very you know, like hero's journey stuff. It would be, it would be kind of yeah, amazing. I can vanquish um, the Clippers, but yeah. Was, so, so I think what we're going to do over the next 25 games is, is I do want to talk about Luca and Kyrie more. Um, I do want to continue to talk about them more. Some interesting feedback I got where it's like, you guys really talk about some of the other players more than them. Problem with Luca and Kyrie talking about them too much is I I like at a certain point it's like what left what else is there to say <laughs> like Luca and Kyrie are freaking awesome so yeah. it's like you just want to lead like do I want to lead every show with man look how amazing Luca and Kyrie was we probably should it would probably mm-hmm. be better for us it's not really what we do though so we'll try though because I really do I I want to put more emphasis on some of the things that like. He's like, Kyrie's first quarter tonight just couldn't find the bottom of the net. Still got to the line, I think, for eight free throws. Luka Doncic was the only other player... I mean, I would put him as even more awake than Kyrie because Kyrie's shot was just weird in that first quarter. Um, I think it was like two for seven from the floor. Just like a lot of like weird... like Shots just wouldn't fall. That happens sometimes. Luka played a great game, more or less. Kid left him in the game to play through a defensive slog where he turned into mush. Ooh, that was um, not good. That was not good. Stretch. Like, I just whenever there's just elements of this where i'm like i don't i don't we'll talk i'm sure in the post game second post game show we'll talk about kid um but there's a lot to where i'm just like man i don't know how these dudes deal with him in game because it just doesn't look like he does much some games though he did in the phoenix game and i and i was wrong about that so anyways we've been talking for almost 50 minutes you got anything else you want to get out uh no not really i
2: just be nice to each other on the internet if you can yeah there's <laughs> these these two days off man it's too much time it's too much time
1: well the mvp You're stuff makes people time. toxic it's just it, it makes them insane because it's like they they Everyone race insane. Each race everyone's is a, insane each race is an individual race and when you call back to previous year stuff i just sort of want to note to everybody that every it, that doesn't matter like I wish it did for context, but it doesn't. And so as a result, I just like want to choose to walk away from some of this stuff. It's not fun. I want to enjoy watching Lucas scoring 35 points a game. I want to enjoy watching Irving shoot 17 foot bank shots when he pulls up off a dime. Like that's just so much more fun than arguing, you know, um, the 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 ridiculous numbers that are out there, the the stuff that I don't understand at a high level. I just, just basketball is supposed to be fun. And if it's not having fun when you're talking about it, you shouldn't do it
2: yeah i'm with you i'm with you all right so i'll be right
1: back with um the second show you guys should hang out if you got thoughts and we'll talk for a little bit of time and then we can go enjoy the rest of our 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 sunday night are are you are you gonna do anything interesting with your 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 free time
2: i don't know because we got the recap is already on the site i've already edited
1: and scheduled our stats
2: post i don't know man might eat a slice of old birthday cake and, and call it a night <laughs>
1: that's right that's good stuff man all right well thank you so much for talking this much to me you guys are the best everybody hanging out in the show hang out for a few more minutes we'll come back and talk those of you listening on the audio stream we'll be back with a group therapy at some point on monday afternoon for your stream thanks so much and josh or uh josh will be gone and then i'll be back in less than a minute bye guys